Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of sports yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. Welcome to Marty's Illegal Stick, a hockey history podcast with your host, Scott Kinville. Let's hop on that Zamboni time machine and go back in time to look at hockey's glorious history. And what's up, hockey fans? And we are finally back with Marty's Illegal Stick Hockey History Podcast right here on the Sports History Network. You know, it's been a couple of weeks, Ed. We've uh, we've both been dealing with some sickness. So yeah, COVID kicked my ass. Week, oh, yeah, it was, it was brutal. It was brutal. But uh, me too, I, I tell you. I still got not feeling right, but you know what? We're over. We're we're testing. We're good, and that's it. And no, no more to talk about that. Speaking anyway. of yourself, I'm liking the days off. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, you know, since we've been taking this little uh, sabbatical, if you will, there's been some changes. Uh, the Sports History Network is now partnered up with Homefield Apparel. Uh, really? I don't know if you noticed when I came on. I got this uh, this super cool shirt I'm wearing here. It's my cool Colgate Raiders shirt. Wow. Uh, what Homefield Apparel does is they specialize in, in vintage college apparel. And uh, I'll tell you, this is such a comfortable shirt, man. You, you wouldn't believe how comfortable this is. I can wear it every day. Hey, Homefield, 3X, toss some my way. There you go, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, if you do want to order your own Homefield Apparel shirt, uh, it's real easy. You just go to homefieldapparel.com, uh, enter in the promo code Sports History, and you can get 15% off your order. 15 Fifteen percent. Yeah, Damn, that's that's a good that's a good chunk. Yeah, so that's uh, definitely check it out if if you uh, if you're into college apparel, especially vintage college apparel. Check oh it yeah. Out. All right. So, anyways, pal, we're back. We are back and ready to go. So last time we talked about the uh, the all time Hartford Whaler Carolina Hurricanes. Yes. And uh, I noticed you have your Carolina Hurricanes jersey on for the occasion. Yeah, it's the one, only one episode sure late, but. That's the only, right. it's the only clean thing I got right now. <laughs> so anyways, what we're going to do is we're going to talk, we're going to continue on with that WHA theme because I'm going to tell you something. I mean, I know a lot of people refer to the original six as the golden era of hockey. Yeah. But for me, you know what, maybe it's just because of when I grew up, I always tended to think of the, the golden age for me is when those four WHA teams came into the league in 1979 and that whole era of the 80s right up until you know when they went through the multiple expansions in the mid 90s into the 2000s and all that but like that 15 year window for me was just glorious yeah i I honestly to me that golden era starts at like 1967 when they started really expanding the league with wha the introduction of the wha teams the the oilers the the nordiques the the whalers and uh the jets that was like that was the the pinnacle of hockey that was the those were the best years Oh, yeah. I mean, and you know what? You you actually have a great point with the, the so-called second six in 1967 when those teams came in. You're right. I just wasn't alive. 
<laughs> so for me, having just what well, personally I've, I've witnessed, like I said, the 80s into the 90s was such a fantastic time for hockey. So today we are going to talk about the all-time Quebec Nordiques and Colorado Avalanche team. Yes. So, you know, we had talked about this a little bit before. We were like, well, should we include the Nordiques or we just do the Avalanche? What do we want to do? And you know what? You're right. The, the Nordiques and the Avalanche are just, they're, they're one, they're interchangeable. They, they really are. And you, you, you're going to find out that there's a lot of, a lot of the, the greatest players on one were also a part of the other. Yeah. You yeah. Know, absolutely. Yeah. So like you really can't have the, the Colorado Avalanche, especially those, those championship years without the Nordiques. No, no, you, you, you know what? You're right. Because, and honestly, I always felt so bad for the fans in Quebec City. I really did because, you know, here they, they did. They suffered through some terrible years up there. Yeah. The team just couldn't get out of its own way. They were so loyal and they were so faithful to them. And then they finally start turning it around, like, into the early 90s. And then God. they moved to Quebec. Or, I mean, they moved to Denver to become the Colorado Avalanche, and they win the Cup that season. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's it's funny how that works, too, because, like, would have would Quebec have won the cup that year? I think so. Who did they play in the finals? They played the Florida Panthers. They played the, okay, yeah. Then they probably would have. They probably would have ended up winning the cup. But that second year, that second cup against New Jersey, Oof. they wouldn't. Have, they would not have won that second cup if they were still in Quebec. They would not. They would have. You don't think so? No. No. Really? That, that New Jersey team. That what was it? Oh one. Oh, that oh one New Jersey team was so good. Yeah, but why would it have made a difference if they were in Colorado or Quebec? Because they would have had to have played them in the uh, Eastern Conference ah, all right. Finals, yeah, right, and then right. they would have, if they even if they got out of there, even if they made it to the finals, they would have been dog tired for the finals. Okay, that's that's valid. I, you know, I had to think about that for a second, but you're right. I mean, they did it. They ended up switching conferences and everything. I thought maybe you were going to tell me something about, you know, oh. Patrick Waugh or something like that. Oh. To which point I always said that, you know what, even if they stayed in Quebec, Patrick Waugh would have gone to the Nordiques in a heartbeat just to get back to the Canadians. Oh, in a heartbeat. Easily. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and honestly, I'm here for that. I, I would, yeah, right? I would love to see another Montreal, another team in uh, Quebec show up just so the Canadians just have to deal with Patrick Waugh having to be a part of that team. Yeah, right. Could you imagine that? Oh, could you imagine the team? Some team moves to Quebec, or somehow they have another expansion. You know, Patrick Wah becomes general manager, or something like that. That'd well, be insane. There's obviously talks. Like there's there's been talks in the NHL, and they, they, these are all just the rumors I've heard. Um, you know, Arizona because they switched divisions, they're now in the Central Division. Mm-hmm. That's kind of making way for their easy move to either Houston, Kansas City. Uh, or even go to Quebec and move Detroit back to the central. Right, right. Because, you know, I'll tell you, not to get too sidetracked, <clears throat> and I know Detroit geographically is an eastern team, but I've always thought of the Detroit Red Wings as a western, western my whole team. life. You know? Been western my whole life. And plus, like, let's face it, I, I miss I miss that 90s rivalry, that Detroit-Colorado, that Detroit-Chicago yeah. I mean, Detroit, St. Louis, Detroit, St. Louis, uh, Detroit, Vancouver. Yeah. You know, like, and it always like the NHL, this is how messed up it used to be. It was like Toronto at one point in my lifetime was in the Western Conference. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, they (laughs) they were always in the Western Conference for me and I'm 48 years old. I mean, it's, it's weird because like it's five hours away from, from us. 
Right. It's five hours away from us, and it's in the Western Conference. Yeah. I mean, they're like, really, they're in the Eastern time zone. Yeah. But you just think of them as a Western team. Insanity. Yeah. No, I've always thought of them as an Eastern team. I mean, I grew up with the Bruins. The The heart of my life so far has been Bruins, Maple Leafs rivalry, Bruins, Canadians rivalry. So, like, it's it's been good. Yeah. yeah I like but, them where they are. But, yeah, I I, I would imagine. But you know what? I would just still love to see that that whole Norris division get revitalized. Yeah, I I think they need to go back to the old names. Oh yeah. Oh, I agree. Adams, I Norris, agree. Campbell, the Smythe, the yeah. Smythe. They need to go division. back. To, yeah, they need to go I mean, back to that. It was unique. It was great. But yeah, because like, what do they got? NFC East in football, or the AL right. East in baseball. Let's get rid of the East and Metropolitan. Let's go back to naming them after old guys. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, I totally agree. The Vesna division. Like just yeah. revamp it a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Sure. How do, go go the Howe division, the Lindsay division, the Gretzky division, or whatever you want to call That'd be awesome. It. Yeah. yeah. The Orr division. That'd be great. Yeah. That would be great. You know what? Hopefully Gary Bettman will listen to this someday. Gary Bettman is the most bland person. If if <laughs> Gary if Gary Bettman was a sex position, he'd be missionary. Jeez. Okay, I, you know what? I, 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 we're going to stop that because I'll never be able to unsee that again in my entire life. <laughs> Gary That's Bettman enough. looks like enough. he eats Brands dry. Okay, yes, exactly. The guy looks like a bowl of oatmeal. Get, uh. a, get a new face as the commissioner of the league. I've seen <laughs> every sport has had a change of commissioner in my lifetime. Baseball's had a couple. Basketball's had a couple. Football's had at least one. Where's hockey? Why do I have to deal with Gary Bettman? Why can't he just, just retire? Retire. You know what? Let me you tell you something. Money. Go retire. I vote for you to be the next commissioner of the NHL. Listen, I would be the worst commissioner of the NHL. <laughs> oh boy. I would yeah. I would I would I would just I wouldn't there would be the players would have all the rights, the owners would hate me. <laughs> yeah. You'd be fired within two weeks. I'd look That's at it. Jeremy Jacobs and tell him to eat my shorts. <laughs> oh, well, you know what? We can always dream, right? Yes. But anyways, I... why don't we get back to the matter at hand here? Because we were talking about the uh, the Avalanche and the Nordiques. And yes. you know how this best of the best series works. I mean, if you've been watching Marty's Illegal Stick, you know it by now. Our best of the best series is we rank these players by all-star teams. You know how they do like the first team all-star, second team all-star. We do honorable mentions. We include coaches. We don't screw around here at Marty's Illegal Stick. Yep. So without further ado... You, the listener, are going to hear mine and Ed's all-time Colorado Avalanche, Quebec Nordiques teams, and we are going to start with the honorable mentions. Ed, go ahead and lead us off. Okay, my first honorable mention, and I know he doesn't meet your criteria. Well, I did. You know what? I did kind of forget to mention that because it's been a while. Yeah. yeah I, I prefer at least three seasons. Three seasons. Well, he doesn't meet your criteria, but Ray Bork. Okay. Well, I mean... He did win a couple of them, so his numbers retired. I knew you were going to say that. So. His numbers retired. Yeah, well, of his numbers, yeah, his numbers retired with Colorado. Like, what better player to have played two seasons for a team right off into the sunset with his first Stanley Cup and just get his number retired immediately after for only yeah. being there for what less than two, less than one hundred and fifty games? Right, right. You know. Um, but other than that, like Ray Bork, um, this guy here is going to be changing within the next five to 10 years. Nathan McKinnon. 
He's okay. only an honorable mention right now, but he's yep. oh, that's he's gonna be he's gonna be changing. A lot he's, of great centers in this franchise history. Well, he's a winger, isn't he? Well, he's actually considered a center because he's normally centers up the uh, the Landeskog McKin- or uh, Ratnan line. But he. All right, oh, we got hi. a second co-host. Hi, look at this. Yes. I'm on TV. <laughs> We're live too. Oh, yeah. hi, everybody. Lily, you are all over the internet now. <laughs> I'll hear about it later. See, you know what? Hey, you got to be careful when you're photobombing people. Yep. Yep. You never know what's going to happen. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yes, Nathan McKinnon right now is just an honorable mention, but future is going to show that he is going to be on a team at one of these top two in the future. Okay. Um, Next one I have is Dan Hino. Ooh, interesting. Dan Hino, just a solid player all around. Um, somebody who like stood out in my childhood. Yeah. Always like somebody who I always tried to model my game after. Always in the right place at the right time. Knew how to play hockey properly. Just somebody who really like molded me as a player growing up. Um, you know, he was always one of those solid bottom six players that could slot into the top six if need be. You know, injuries or whatever. Yeah. Uh, he he just he he was he, and this is back in the day where che- they had like checking line and things like that. He was right. just perfect for that checking line. Sure, sure. Um, my next one is Chris Drury. Okay, um, won his only cup with Colorado, uh, Socket Rangers, and <laughs> and he, he just overall like it, it was the start of his great career. I mean, he kept future captain of the Sabers, uh, GM of the Rangers, and. I think he was the captain of the Rangers for a minute, wasn't he? I briefly, I believe, yeah. Yeah, like towards the end of his uh, playing career. Right. But it doesn't start he doesn't get to that level without starting in Colorado under Mark Crawford. Okay. Um next one I have is Chris Dingman. Just another player who I I grew up idolizing. Just Man, a, I tell you, you you are reaching, my friend. I'm not. I'm not. Just a player <laughs> that I actually really like. I actually really like Chris Dingman because, like, he just a hard nosed guy. Yeah, sure. Um, Darcy Kemper okay. for right now. Um, I mean, I think he only had what one season with the team. Yeah, he won the cup but, though. But cups talk. Yeah. Uh, next one, who's also going to be changing soon in the next five to ten years, Devon Taves. Mm. Solid D. He's going to be he's going to be moving up this list soon. Yeah. Next one, and I, I don't really see him going much, having much more of a career after this. But Eric Johnson. Yeah, yeah, I had him on my honorable mentions too. I think um, Eric Johnson is a solid player. I mean, it, it sucks that he was he's going to be considered a quote unquote draft bust, but he's not. He's a really not good really. Player. You know why he's going to be considered a draft bust? Because he went number one overall. Exactly. Exactly. Had he gone in just like the first round, nobody would even be talking like that. Yeah, we wouldn't even be talking about him like that. And honestly, like he's going to be considered a draft bust. He's going to be put on the same on the same page as uh, Nail Yakupov. No way. No. No way. <laughs> no. You're gonna, nothing you're gonna gets that bad. Same, yeah, you're <laughs> going to give him the same title as Yakupov. No. no, he's not a bust. He just <laughs> happened to be the best of the worst draft. Right. And then my last one is Scott Parker, because every okay. team needs a tough guy. Okay. And my honorable mention coach is um, Patrick Wap. Very interesting. Very interesting. Colorado has always been a tough team. 
Yeah. Like a physically tough team. So I I try to inject a little bit of toughness into it. Yeah, that's uh, they. You know what? They always have been, and it's funny because it, it's like I told you, I got Eric Johnson on my list too, and I always kind of felt bad for Eric Johnson because there are players that are great players that played for Colorado, but they suffered through some horrible years, just like the you know the Quebec teams did. Yeah. Eric Johnson happens to be one of them. Yeah, you know everybody now knows that Colorado's is you know wagon of a powerhouse. Oh yeah. But you know, it's, it kind of gets forgotten that you know, not even four or five years ago, you know, they were they were the bottom of the league. Yeah. So I mean, they've done a tremendous job of turning things around. Um, I've got you know what this franchise, <laughs> believe it or not, she hunts back a Notre Dame past the camera, <laughs> just straight Quasimodo. I love it. <laughs> oh man. You know, but the, this franchise has been around for 43 years. Yeah. Which is hard to believe. And that is and that is just NHL time. That's not counting the WHA time, which we don't count the WHA stats for this because you, you're just opening up a can of worms that, you know, who wants to get into that? But yeah. anyways, I'll, I'll just run down mine because I, I get carried away with this honorable mention stuff. Yeah. So, <laughs> because I'm, I'm so – I'm just so anal about breaking down by positions – yeah. So my two centers are Nate McKinnon and Peter Forsberg. Ooh, Peter Forsberg. And you'll no. see why later on. If there is one thing that this franchise has always had, it's a lot of great centers. Yeah. So they're very deep at center. So I know it's hard to imagine Peter Forsberg being an honorable mention, but you'll see why in a little bit. You know, actually, I did forget one person on my uh, honorable mentions list, and that's Peter Stasny. There you go. Well, see? Now, I it's hard for me to imagine Peter Stasny being an honorable mention, so... Cups there talk. There you go. There you go. Well, yeah, they, yeah. Cups talk, but well, well, we'll argue about this in just a little bit. Yeah, we'll argue about we'll, it. We'll argue about this. We'll argue about All that. Right. Uh, <laughs> my left wings are Anton Stasny, now that you mentioned the Stasnys, and Alex Tangay. Yes. I can... Alex Tangay was a, he was a key part a lot of those, those cup wins in the early 2000s. But, again, depth is depth. And we will see that there have been actually quite a, quite a few fantastic left wings that have come out of the, the Colorado Avalanche, pull back to Nordic. So Eagles. many. Yeah. Just an offensive wagon year after year. Like, even their bad players are good. Like, look at Matt Duchesne. Like, he's a great yeah. player, but, like, he can't get his head out of his ass. Well, you know what? You could actually throw Val Kaminsky into that pile, too, for left yeah. wings. Yeah. yeah. You know, my right wings, you're, and you're gonna, your head's probably going to explode. When I say this, Miko Rantanen is on an honorable mention right now. Now he's going to move up, like you were just saying earlier. Yes. But for me right now, that, that ceiling is still there. Oh, the ceilings he hasn't even touched it yet. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. So, But when he's all said and done, yeah, he'll, he'll definitely be in the, in the top two teams. I didn't even right bother. Like, there are some players on this team, on this current Colorado team, I didn't even want to put on the honorable mentions list because it was such a layup, like Miko Rantanen. Right. Like, to me, he is an honorable mention, but, like, we all know that. We all right. know where he's going to be if he stays healthy. You know, there was a couple other right wings, too. There was uh, Adam Deadmarsh. Ooh. Always loved Adam Deadmarsh. Ooh, I forgot about Adam Deadmarsh. Yeah, yeah. Another, yeah. another one of those just great player, great international player for Team USA, too. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Real Clotier. Ooh. Had a lot of big WHA stats, but he still produced when they first came into the NHL. 
into the early 80s. Yes. Uh, however, it's kind of hard to differentiate his WHA stats with his NHL stats. So I said, out, you're an honorable mention. Yeah. You know, uh, again, we share Eric Johnson as a D. Uh, my goaltender was Dan Bouchard. <laughs> because, you know what? When I was going through the stats for this franchise, the goaltending is not good at all. Yes. Yes. You for have the most one. part. For you the most one. part. So I'm like, oh, if I got to throw a dart here. I guess it's going to be him. You, you could have really put Philip Grubauer. You could have put. Yeah, that's what Darcy, I mean. Like, to me, Darcy Kemper, because he got the cup. But like, Right. Even though he was only there one season. One season. You know, you know I'm going to hound you about that. But yeah, anyways. I know. I mean, when, when I'm right, I'm right. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, this camera. Uh, and then, of course, I couldn't decide on my coaches. So I just went with Michelle Bergeron and Mark Crawford. Okay, well, we'll, we'll talk see about, why we'll, later We'll on. talk about that later. Yeah, we'll see. We'll talk later. All right, well, let's move on. Let's go to the second team. This is our second all-time team for the Colorado Avalanche. Okay. So how go do you want to do it. Okay, my left wing is Alex Tangay. Okay. Uh, I just think overall just one of the more solid left wingers in the game. Oh, for sure. Um, for sure. You know, again uh, – you, you said it yourself, somebody who could be bottom six, and you can just slide him right up in top six. No issue. You know the thing with Alex Tangy was? He got overshadowed a lot oh, by all the star power that those, yeah. those Colorado teams in the 2000s had. Oh, yeah. You know, if he was playing on a, if he was playing on another team, he would have probably been, you know, first team all-star. First, first line you know, center. First line. Yeah, the worst. All-star game. He would have been the star. Like, sure. if, he was, if he was in the Islanders at that point, like, he, he probably would have been the best player in the Islanders. Right. Well, I'll so, give him. You want to just go back and forth? I'll give you my yep, left wing. Give me your left winger. My left wing is Gabe Landeskog. Okay. Gabe Landeskog cannot take away his contributions at all. I mean, he's been incredible. I disagree. Uh, he's seven. He's got seven hundred and thirty-eight games with the franchise. I disagree well, with where you placed him. You do, huh? I well, do. That's, <laughs> well, I'll give you his stats real quick. He's got two hundred forty-eight goals, three hundred twenty-three assists for five hundred seventy-one points. He's been the captain for what five, six years now. Wait, like I think that. seven, eight. I was gonna say, got to be maybe even more than that. Yeah, uh, the leadership's qualities are unbelievable with this guy. Um, so he definitely slots in as my second second line. Yeah, no, you're you're wrong. Um, <laughs> who's so? I'm gonna I'll just go with my center so we can get more correct words on the okay being spoken. It. My center is Peter Forsberg. Okay, okay. Well, mine is Peter Stastny. See, again, wrong. Right first name, you were almost there. You got halfway there, Scott. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Peter Stastny had a, such an impact on the game because people forget when he defected in 1980, that was he was actually putting his life on the line. Oh, yeah. Over here. And the, the amount of pressure that was on this guy was unbelievable. And did he produce? Oh, you bet he did. Oh, yeah. You know, if it wasn't for, for the Gretzkys and the Eisermans of the world, you would have been walk away with the Art Ross Trophy in the early eight year after year. Yeah, yeah, right? I agree. I mean, he totaled. He he played seven hundred thirty seven games for the Nordiques. Uh, Six hundred. Uh, I'm looking at. Oh, okay, three hundred eighty goals, six hundred sixty eight assists. Yeah, over a thousand points. That's nothing to. That's nothing to. That's nothing to scoff at. But no. unfortunately. I think when you put skill and skill, Peter Stasny, Peter Forsberg next to each other, they kind of even out, right? Uh, yeah, That's, but you know, you, like want, you know what? You know what? The, the pushed it over the edge for me for Stasny, Joe Sackick, because 
Peter Forsberg had Joe Sackick there, right? It was a great one-two punch. But when you're playing those Colorado teams that have got Joe Sackick and Peter Forsberg, who are you going to put your best centers on? I'll tell you what, right now, a lot of times they were going to obviously be with Sackick. So that's not to take anything away from Peter Forsberg because he's a phenomenal player. But all I'm saying is that Peter or Peter Stasny did not have a Joe Sackick around to take some of the pressure off. No, he didn't. But that's he, what I'm saying. I, I feel like he did also have other um, other aspects to keep the pressure off. You know, maybe Ronnie Hextall. Lack of 80s defense, maybe? Lack of 80s defense. He had Ron <laughs> Hextall to throw the punches. Um, he had the Hunters to protect him. Oof. Oh, boy. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I don't. I wasn't born yet, but yeah, I, right, yeah. right. Well, but I, I've, I've seen the videos. <laughs> <laughs> the old Don Cherry Rock'em Sock. Yeah, games. yeah, exactly. All right, give me your right wing. My right wing, and this one's going to be a controversial take. Claude Lemieux. Yeah, I can I can understand that. I the, I wrestled back and forth with Claude Lemieux on this. I think Claude Lemieux. He goes. He he gets a, obviously he gets the bad rap for a reason, right? He he, he plays on the edge. He, he tiptoe. He he doesn't tiptoe the line of dirty and clean. He is over the line on the dirty side, but he he he's a great leader. If you hear young players talk about Claude Lemieux, they they all say he was hard, but he was a good. He's like the dad of the team, right? Right. And it's like he 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 demands discipline and respect to the senior players who have been there and done that and taught these young kids how to be pros. So when you put a young player like Chris Drury on the same team as Claude Lemieux, you got to think that shaped him a little bit. Right. Right. I, you know what? I, like I said, hard to disagree with that. Um, I don't know. For me, obviously Claude Lemieux had a lot to do with the cup. I mean, yes. there's, there's, you're, you're right about that too. Cups do talk. Um, I don't know. Just it, for me, yeah, of course, you always think of Claude Lemieux as an avalanche because of the, the Red Wings, but you also think of him as a New Jersey Devil. As a Devil. You know, there's, there's all that. So I went with Matt Duchesne. And I know wow. you're, you're, you're going to laugh, but Matt wow. Duchesne, as for you know, as bad as his attitude got towards the end, especially. And boy, did he pay the price for that because as soon as they traded him, is when they started pulling out of the tailspin. His best uh, trade for Colorado. But he still had 178 goals and 250 assists for 428 points with him in, uh, what was it, 580 games. So, yeah. and again, I take it into the context of the teams that he was playing on at the time. So he was the star on a team that was really struggling. So yeah. that's, there's, there's gotta be something to be said for that, but you know what? You, like hey, you do have a point when you say with the cups and all that. So yeah. how about our defense? Who you got on D? Okay. And this is also my first one is going to be very much subject to change. He's <laughs> going to be moving up very soon, probably in the next two to three years. Kel McCarr. Okay. I, I can understand that. And I left Kel McCarr completely off my list just because he's played, what, two seasons? Four. He's been there four already? Yeah. Doesn't seem it. Yeah, I feel like he's been – I think he's been there four years. Uh, I don't know, but I'll, – I'll YouTube this, right? I'll Google yeah. this right now. <laughs> I'll Google. 
This almost feels like a courtroom. I'll, I'll Google this. Your Honor, I'd like to I'd like to submit Exhibit A, my YouTube video of Cal McCarr. Four years, 2018-19. Huh. First year. Oh, it's just, well, he's been there a while then. I thought yeah. he was. I thought he'd been there shorter than that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. All right. I mean, I can be convinced on that one. So, Kel McCarr, and he's obviously, to me, subject to change. He will be moving up the list, I would say, in the next couple of years. Um, and my next one is Sandus Oslinch. Yeah, you know what? That's who I got. Wow, we agree on something. That's who I got is one of my, yeah. Yeah, I like, I. you know what? I mean, I left I left McCarr out because I didn't think he was there that long. But Sandus Oslinch, you know what? He's got a cool name. Oh, I love his name. Just a hockey name all around. I know, right? Sandus Oslinch. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, you know what? For In his time, he was one of the premier offensive defensemen in the game. Yeah. I mean, he, and he, you know what? I mean, he's one of those guys. Sometimes I think of him as a shark. Yes. But he, he did a lot of his damage when he was with the Avalanche. He did play 333 games for him and he had 253 points. Yeah. Oh, he was really good. I so, honestly, like to me, one of the best offensive defensemen of his era. Yeah. Um, I mean, Obviously, you had players like Ray Bork there, um, and Ray Bork in the league. And uh, I really can't think of another offensive defenseman from the late 90s besides Nick Lindstrom, Ray Bork. I can. I can because because we agree on Oslinish. And my second D is Rob Blake. Rob Blake gets forgotten about. Uh, Not not for me. So He's somewhere else. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting. Well, I, you know what? Similar stats to Olenek. Uh, and you know, your dog agrees with me, too. One second, Scott. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that's for sure. Rob Lake, uh, leadership alone, too. I mean, he was a tremendous leader on those teams. <laughs> I'm here. Okay. All I'm right. here. So, all right. Well, it looks like uh, well, we're, we're sort of starting to agree. This is kind of scary. So uh, don't worry. It's going to stop. Let's start soon. arguing about a goaltender. Yes. Uh, again, like you said before, goaltending, not the greatest in uh, Colorado history. No. I mean, you, got, you got one guy and then the rest is kind of yeah, like, you know, yeah, kind of flip floppy. But I'm going to put, I put David Abisher. Okay. I, I liked David Abisher. I thought he was a good goaltender in his, uh, in his career. And. Colorado, I mean, he just played there, so I I had to slide him somewhere. Yeah. I had to slide him. Honestly, I kind of forgot about him. I I really, like, you you put a gun to my head. I can't think of five Colorado goalies. Well, I went with Semyon Valarmov. See, to me, I don't think he was there long enough. He was there five or six seasons. Was he there five or six seasons? Yeah. So, I mean. He's been there that long. And, and again, he was another one of those guys that played. He was a great goaltender who played on some some really subpar teams, really bad. But he teams. but he kept them in a lot of games. So yeah, he did. He, I'll you give know? you that. I think I I, I definitely overlooked Simeon Varlamov. But like like we said earlier, goaltending is just yeah. I mean, <laughs> listen, there's not much to argue about here. So it's no, a- <laughs> no, it's there's it, 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 you you could have said. You could have put Ron Hextall there for his Nordique stage. Yeah. And I would have been like, yeah, I, yeah, sure. he was there. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? <laughs> uh, how about your coach? My coach is um, the – I can't pronounce his name. He's the current coach. Jared Bednar. Jared Bednar. 
I knew his first name was Jack. I couldn't pronounce his last name. Yep, but bad I, I, they just, bad rock. Yeah. Like the Flintstones. <laughs> you old, old guy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Cubs talk. I mean, again, co- coaching in Colorado history, also kind of a subpar thing to talk about. Um, Patrick Waugh was non-existent. Um Really, who else? Uh, Peter Laviolette, I think, was there for a little bit. Um, just very not, briefly. I very think. briefly. Just not great. Just not great coaching. No. that's a, You know what? I actually had Bob Hartley. So Bob okay. Hartley's got the most uh, career games as a Colorado coach in the playoffs. Oh. And he did win the Jack Adams Award. So, yes. Yes, he did. So, it, it's kind of hard to ignore that. <laughs> um, but you're right about Bednar. He's been fantastic. Yeah. And we're going to hear this name again, too. So I See, I got somebody else as my other coach. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, then. Without further ado, why don't we move on to our first team, then? Yes. Why don't we do that? All right. And let's Say start it. with the coach this time, because since we're talking with... about coaches, I want to hear who yours is. Mark Crawford. Mark Crawford. Huh? Hey, let them to their first cup. Yep. Mark Crawford, a solid coach, um, had a bit of a controversial style of coaching, you know, known to yeah. kick his players. And yeah, like he, that, he definitely. But he, but he also had a, a substance abuse issue and, um, you know, got over that and cleaned himself up. And once he really figured it out, he got his, his act together. You notice his personality changed. He became a better coach, was better towards his players. Just overall, like a, a good story and a great coach, and I think he deserves another shot in the NHL okay. if he wants it. Okay, well, that's you know what you, you're right. I mean, he did clean himself up. There's no doubt about it. Um, learned how to calm down a little bit with players because that was you know, and and you know it's funny. We were just talking about this the other night uh, on the other show that I do, Three One Five Hockey Live, and just how much it's changed now. From you know back then, it was. The coach was like the iron fisted ruler. Yeah. Right. And you'll do this just because I told you to do this. And if you yeah. don't, you know, there's going to be consequences. Whereas now, you know, players are much more inquisitive. They want to know why they're doing stuff and they want to know why, you know, what is this drill teaching us? That kind of thing. So, and, on, and that's not a bad thing. That's not and, a bad thing at all. Cause I think it creates, you know, it, it creates more hockey IQ. Yes. So yes. rather than just don't do as I say and that's it. Yes. It's great to actually know why you're doing something because then you can sit there and you can think about it too. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Like it, to me, like coaching is such a vital aspect of the game. You know, it, it, even though we're talking about professionals here and they know how to, each <laughs> one of them know how to play hockey, you know, it's the, it's the way they put, put together schemes. They put plays together. They quarterback a power play. I mean, that's really what the coach is supposed to do. And it, when when you have a coach that's ruling with an iron fist, I don't know. We'll talk. We'll say Elaine Vigneault, um, right? You know the the biggest idiot the game has ever seen. <laughs> he, he there's a reason why his teams are successful for one year and then absolute crap the next seven. Yeah, well, he burns them out. He burns them out. And you know Mark Crawford has learned his lesson, and I think Jared Bednar is is going to be a great coach because he's actually more into the education of this is why we're doing this more than do what I say or be benched. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, 
I think you're right. And, and I just, like I said, it's, it's a whole new era. And, yeah. and again, it's not a bad thing for the players to understand why, why the coach is doing what they are. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. I'll tell you what, mine, I went with Jared Bednar. I respect that. He's been there since 2016. He's got the most games coached as a Colorado Avalanche coach now. Oh, does he really? In the regular season. Yeah, he does. Wow. And if you think about it for a second, he came aboard like, you know, we were just talking about this like five years ago. That team was in the toilet. Oh, they were a dumpster fire. But you know what? Credit management, credit Joe Sackett for sticking with them and saying, no, we know we got a problem here. It's not the coach. Yeah. We're going to fix this. And sure enough, he stuck with them. And, and now look. Yeah, I agree. So for a coach to be able to survive being in those lean years like that and stick with the team, because especially in now in, in today's you know world, it's we yeah. want results now. And if yeah. you don't, you're gone. Yeah. Right. You know, the, the days of the old school coaches sticking around for, you know, 15, 20 years just on their name is over. Yeah, you got to you got to prove it every single year. Yeah, 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 that's over. That's all over. Honestly, like it's the the problem with Colorado lying in their locker room, did not lie with the coaching. And Joe Sackick figured it out. I think he if we if we throw a GM on this list, I think Joe Sackick's the greatest GM. Oh yeah. Oh no doubt. No no, that's that's not even a question. Oh yeah, not even a question. I've always, you know what? I've always just, I've always loved Joe Sackett. Oh, how do you not like Joe Sackett? Top, top five of my favorite players of all time. Yeah, I don't know where absolutely. he is, but he's in there. Absolutely, it's so awesome. All right. So, anyways, why don't we scroll down to? Let's go with our defense. Okay. Let's do our D's. My D is Adam Foot. Oh yeah, and, and Rob Blake. Okay. Uh, just two solid defensemen, big guys. You're not moving them from in front of the. You're they're moving you from in front of the net with ease, and they're putting the puck in the back of yours. Yeah, like just yeah. overall, just two solid defensemen. Adam Foot with the team forever. Um, Rob Blake, I think he didn't he get a second cup or didn't he get another yes. cup with Los Angeles? Not with LA. He was he was on the management team. Yeah, the, so he yeah. was on the man. Yeah, so the the guy just knows hockey. Oh no doubt. No doubt about it. And those are great choices because I obviously went with Adam Foote because when I think of Colorado Avalanche or Quebec Nordiques defenseman, the first name that pops into my head is Adam Foote. Yeah. There's no – it's not even a question. And I wanted to put Rob Blake on the, on that first line. I did. Because, I mean, I'll admit, you know, you know me, I'm a Kings fan. So, yeah. obviously, I'm a Rob Blake fan. But with Rob Blake, I think of him as an L.A. King – I think of him as a Colorado Avalanche. I try to forget the time that he went to San Jose. Yeah, I've really, made that was weird. Angry. Oh, that was God. weird. Yeah, it was very weird. Um, and you're gonna laugh at mine because, like I said, we agree on foot. Do you know who the all-time leading scorer amongst defensemen for the Colorado Avalanche, Quebec Nordiques franchise is? No. You're gonna laugh. It's Tyson Berry. Is it really? It's Tyson Berry, and it's really it's it's crazy. He's got seventy five goals, two hundred and thirty two assists for three hundred and seven points as a Colorado Avalanche. Oh God, he that's plays four hundred eighty four games for him. That's just so just based on that alone, and just because, like I said, I I, I think of Rob Blake as, as as an LA King more or less than anything else. I went with Tyson Berry. I couldn't believe it when I looked at that. I'm like, there's no way that's not possible. I mean. 
The, the guy makes his living now passing the puck to McDavid and collecting second assists. And he, you know, but now he's hurt all the time, too. Yeah, he's hurt all the time, you know? and he still gets second assists. And the guy's just going to be a Hall of Famer just on who he could pass the puck to. Yeah, but you know what, though? When, like, McDavid and Dreisaitl and all those guys, one of the board stanchions can get a secondary assist. Okay, I mean, that's... <laughs> yeah, you can get a secondary assist. I know. Well, let's not get carried away. <laughs> And I want to know who your number one all-time left wing for the Colorado Avalanche Quebec Nordique franchise is. Gabriel Landeskog. There it is. Wow. I think Gabe, right, right with Gabe. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's a great leader. Um, I mean, he, he's one of those players that puts the team on his back, um, and he he gets help with it. Like he makes his he makes his teammates want to run through a wall for him. So it, it's hard to deny the. The aspect that Gabriel Landeskog's a great leader uh, puts point, but he could just he scores it well. Um, the, the guy's just overall great, and I mean he's going to be a Colorado Avalanche until he retires. Well, yeah, he's not with that contract. No, with that contract, yeah, no other team's going to. There's no way. Trade him. <laughs> even if they want to trade him, they can't. I have it. <laughs> so for mine, I went all the way back to the Quebec days. Okay. And I went with Michel Goulet, who, to me, was one of the most underrated goal scorers of the 80s era. Now, I understand that a lot of goals were scored then. But Michel Goulet, during the 80s, was an animal. He had, I think it was like six straight seasons of 40-goal seasons. Six straight. He had a couple of 50-goal seasons in there. Um, Just a machine as far as putting the puck in the net. But he was kind of forgotten playing in Quebec because obviously they didn't get a lot of the press that, you know, had he been playing in one of the big markets, say like New York or Montreal or Chicago, Detroit, whatever. But his, he played 813 games for the Nordiques and he scored 456 goals. Wow. Yeah. And again, I understand that the eighties were wide open, but still you can't ignore 456 goals. No, you don't do that by accident. No, not at all. I respect that. I respect that choice. Yeah, I mean, so, and he's in the Hall of Fame, so you know what? You got there for a reason. Exactly. Got to go with him. Um, I think our center choice is pretty obvious. I think so, too. I, I, I don't think that either one of us, even in our worst day, would ever not pick Joe Sackick. Yeah, Joe Sackick. Joe Mr. Sackick. Colorado Avalanche, Mr. Barnaby Joe. Franchise, you know, just call him the franchise and be done with it. Yeah, he's Barnaby Joe. He's yeah. one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, absolutely. Not a doubt. But we might have a little bit of difference of opinion on the right wing. Milan Hayduk. No, we don't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, it's, you know what? He's got the most games played in Colorado Avalanche history. Oh, the guy has stayed there forever. Yeah. He's, he's, he is Mr. Colorado Avalanche. Like, Joe Sackick, great and all. Milan Hayduk played like what? 15 oh, years for the Avs? Yeah, he played 1,020 games. Yeah, so just shy of 15 years. Yeah, it's it's incredible. And he's got a really cool name, too. Wicked cool name. Hey, Duke. Wicked cool name. Or as we used to call him when we were younger, Hedge Duck. Hedge Duck. <laughs> I think the same, the, it's also safe to say goaltending is the same. Probably. I, I can't imagine neither one of us not picking Patrick Waugh because, you know what, even... <laughs> The, the the dearth of goaltending behind. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know, man. Bad. You know, I mean, <laughs> forget about the cup wins. Even if just Patrick Waugh just showing up 
Yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. As soon as he, Any, he, play, as soon as he landed in Denver the first time, okay, that's it. Yep. You're the best goaltender in the franchise history. Yep. <laughs> Any dangled Gretzky. Uh, yeah, the wink. <laughs> oh, the wink. Uh, you, you have no idea how mad that made me. Oh, I my God. Oh, my God, that wink. I'll never forgive him for that 93 final series. Never. Never? Because if it wasn't for Patrick Waugh, the Kings would have won that cup. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You'll never convince me otherwise. Never. Well, I, you know what? That was fun. It was. was. It was fun. And you know what, though? It, it makes you realize just how there are some franchises that are just really strong down in certain positions. And then mm-hmm. others, even if they've been around for almost 50 years, you just look at like, wow, how did yeah. you never develop a, a true number one goalie? Yeah. In almost 50 years. How did you not do it? <laughs> uh, well, if and if you notice, too, you're watching on the YouTube channel, or, as, of course, as Ed can see, I'm actually in my garage because, as we talked about earlier, um, the COVID monster went around, and I really didn't want to infect Dave the save. So uh, I'm going to end up sending this file over to him. Um, so now that we've got our all-time teams out of the way, uh, when you listen to this on the audio replay on the podcast, you're going to hear a commercial on this spot. And then we're going to come back and we're going to do a 2022-23 Colorado Avalanche season. Visit My Little Falls and stay connected with the latest news, information, and events in the city and the area. Our mission is to generate interest in the community and connect residents in a more meaningful way by facilitating deeper conversations about how these stories will shape the future of the Mohawk Valley. Join thousands of weekly visitors who stay up to date with feature stories, interviews, videos, our event calendar, and print publication, the Mohawk Valley Express. It's about timely local news for the community, keeping citizens informed about important issues, telling about the people who live and work here, and giving locally owned businesses the opportunity to reach a very targeted audience of locals and tourists alike. It's a whole new form of media-rich content developed specifically for today's mobile lifestyle and listeners. You can download our iOS app in the iTunes store, listen to our country music streaming radio station, or sign up for a weekly newsletter. Stop by today at MyButtleFalls.com. You'll be glad you did. So they did win the, the cup. Um, well-deserved. It was a, a hard-fought series against the Tampa Bay Lightning. It really was. Um, the very fact that it, it was it was all everything that was billed to me. Because that series, that, that Tampa Bay-Colorado series, was the, billed as the uh, – the establishment versus the young lions, so to speak. Yes. And it was everything, like I said, everything it was supposed to be, and it was it was great. However, we're into a new season, and, of course, changes are made in the offseason. Now that um, Colorado's got to start paying some of these players that have stepped up and, and just given them the world. Um, yes. Kel McCarr got paid. Nate, Nate McKinnon, McKinnon got really paid. got paid. Nate Woo-hoo. McKinnon got paid. Twelve point six million per season. Wow. Yeah, he's um, gonna see about six point two percent of that. Yeah. <laughs> six point yeah. two million of that. Freaking Gary Bettman's a joke. Well, you're right. Um as far as you know, obviously he's not gonna see all that twelve point six. But I don't know if you saw it or not, but they're already projecting. Um uh, next year the salary cap's gonna go up one million and then it goes up crazy money. Yeah, because they'll be pet. They'll be fed. The money kicks yeah. in. So, 
they'll be finished paying that extreme arbitration to just go back yes. to arbitration or not arbitration, so, escrow, escrow, and then it goes up four million and another four million after that. So it's going to be up to like ninety million Good. in a few seasons. So you know what? Contracts like Nate McKinnon's, Cal McCars are going to be easier to absorb, but for the time being, um, the cap crunch cost them their starting goaltender from that cup team, Darcy Kemper, and it also cost them Nazem Kadri. Yes. Fantastic for him. So, Ed, what do you see for the Colorado Avalanche in this coming season? So, it's not what I see from the Colorado Avalanche, more or less than what I see from the rest of the division, right? So, I don't see Dallas being great. I don't see Arizona doing anything. Um, who else is in that central? You got. So, you got Nashville? Nashville, yeah. they're the Minnesota they're Wild. Minnesota is going to make the playoffs. Nashville is going to might squeak in. It's really going to be down <laughs> down between St. Louis and Colorado. So, you don't think Winnipeg's not going to do anything? Uh, I think Winnipeg's going to sell the house. Hmm. Winnipeg's Winnipeg is a dumpster fire. I think they're finishing last in the league right now. They got some problems because they just took their captaincy off of Blake Wheeler. Well, they, there's also been known issues in the locker room now. Um, everyone's requesting a trade or saying they're not resigning. Pierre-Luc Dubois, Mark Shifley, uh, Blake Wheeler is definitely going to get traded at the deadline. Um, uh, you can only assume that Connor Hellebuck is gone. Um, so Winnipeg's a non-factor. Arizona's a non-factor. Dallas is a non-factor. Nashville. Chicago's playing for Connor Bedard. Yeah, Chicago's playing for Connor Bedard. They're a non-factor. Um, Minnesota, they're going to be teetering. I think they're going to make a playoff spot, but by the skin of their teeth, they're going to be third in the division. Um, it, it's it's really down to St. Louis and Colorado. <laughs> and St. Louis has some issues because now – Tarasenko and O'Reilly are up, so they're going to have to shed one of them by the trade deadline if they don't get them signed, and it's probably going to be Tarasenko. So there's that gone. So really, it's just Colorado's division, okay. in my eyes. Now, are they going to repeat as cup champs? I doubt it, um, but I see them making a lengthy run, maybe to the conference finals. Other than that, it's going to be a good year for Colorado, but it's not going to be last year. Okay. I um I don't think that the division title is a lock for them, to be perfectly honest with you. I think St. Louis did a very good job of getting sneaky young. Okay. Yes. They were starting to get old, and they actually did a fantastic job of starting to regenerate some talent. Uh, you got Jordan Cairo there, who is fantastic, Robert Thomas. So they're doing a very good job of more or less switching it up on the fly. Uh, I don't necessarily believe that they're going to trade either O'Reilly or Tarasenko, especially if they're contending. I think they obviously keep them for the playoff run and then worry about that in the offseason. What are we going to do with them? Yeah, I can see that happening. Um, but... And another team that I think out of that central division that is actually going to be extremely dangerous is Minnesota. I don't think Minnesota Minnesota's has got dangerous. a lot of good pieces in place. But they also got a lot of cap spent on two players that are no longer there. They do, but guess what? They managed to actually put that team together. They're, they, I mean, obviously, yes, they're they're in a in a cap crunch right now. Of course, they're they're in cap. But out. they've got enough they've got enough talent on the on the ice to actually make some noise. The only thing that makes me worried about Minnesota is they're going to lean on Mark Andre Fleury. That's why I'm. That's why I don't think I don't be. know about that because I. You know what? I mean, how do you not like the flower? Of course. 
But he's what, 38 now? He's he's getting up there in age. I think he's a phenomenal goaltender, and I think he's a Hall of Famer. And they give him every accolade in the world. I, he, he earned it. But 38 years old, uh, his position, it, it's, it's, it's screaming pulled groin. Yeah, and then what happens, right? And then because... what, Ken Talbot in that? I mean, he's right, but... I mean, yeah, it, I know. We got a player up in the air for Colorado, Matt Dumb. And it's, it's really just... It, it can be up or down for Colorado. Really. It really just, to me, a confusing thing. Oh, I was going to say, you cut in and out of there for a second, but that's okay, because you almost sounded like uh, like the 80s video game. but i'll tell you with colorado um the loss of kadri and kemper is going to hurt obviously uh they brought alexander georgiev in uh from the rangers who honestly that's going to be the wild card right there because i always wondered how he would be as a starter Um, i think georgiev is going to do fine i think he'll be fine but is he going to be stanley cup playoff fine that's the question because well, don't yes, forget. They, they have Pavel Francos, who I and I know Avalanche fans love him, Pavel Francos. But again, you're talking about two unproven commodities now, really, in, yes. in my eyes, as far as the playoffs. Well, Darcy Kemper was really unproven until last year. Yeah, but Car- Darcy Kemper at least had a little bit more of a regular season track record. He did, but like they also had to kind of lean on Pavel Francos uh, during the playoffs. He did pull out a couple wins uh, uh, when. When Kemper was injured, um, Georgiev, I mean, uh, he's unproven, but he's also a little bit proven. Like, he, we know he's a solid goaltender. Well, you know what the thing with him is? He's one of those guys, he's got to play a lot. Yeah. Because being a backup just wasn't for him. No. There are some goaltenders that can play once every six or seven games and be just fine. There are other games, there are other goaltenders, and it's just, it's the way things are that, you know, they got to play, you know, three, four, five games in a row, day off, three, four, five games in a row to stay in their rhythm, which I think is more or less fits the bill for Georgiev. Really. And I think he'll see that in Colorado. Now, do I think he's going to get the the Vesna anytime soon? No, but I think he's going to, with the defense in front of him, I think he'll do just fine with that defense. I think he, he'll be a solid goaltender because – Colorado's a team that relies more on defense and goaltending, and that's history's proven that. Mm-hmm. You know, like Darcy Kemper, like, yeah, he had a track record in the regular season, but let's face it, that track record in the regular season was with Arizona, the team that's done nothing and has done nothing for him. He goes to Colorado and has a solid defense in front of him. Oh, look at that. Saves are being made. I think we'll see that with, with Georgiev. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to dispute that because, again, it, it's – it's very possible because, you know, Gorgiev, when he was actually playing, played very well for the Rangers. He really yeah. did. Um, and you mentioned the defense. Yeah, of course. I mean, when you got Cal McCarr in your defense and Devontae's, yeah. that's automatically, you know. Um, oh, we lost that. But he'll be back in just a second. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, the thing is, too, uh, Sammy Gibbard, Samuel Gerard is still there, too. He's been phenomenal for him. Um and my biggest concern is Bowen Byram. Or Bowen Byram. Boy, I'm trying to spit that out. Sorry, um, I hit a button. Yeah, it's all right. Buttons, buttons are bad. It's just I, I see them, I want to touch them, and then bad things happen. 
Oh boy, I can't imagine. Anyways, uh, yeah, I was just saying that you know Sammy Gerard has been fantastic for him. Oh, Sam Gerard's phenomenal. Bone Byram. I mean, the- but the only thing with Bone Byram though is, I mean, for as as much potential as he's got, he's already on his what his I think his second concussion. Yeah, third. I mean, he's so there's he's- that there's that concern there. Um, I think Kadri being gone is actually going to hurt them more than they think. Oh, I think Alex, Alex Newhook's a fantastic center, young center they got, who played a lot of third-line minutes for him last year. Um, offensively, I think he'll be able to pick the pace up for him. Defensively, what Kadri brought, and that, that lockdown, that, that leadership, um, ability to get under players' skin, it's, all it's, the intangibles that he brought, I don't know if that's going to be replaced or not. N- and Nazim Kadri is uh, one of the – he was a hero during this playoffs, and I think he'll do great And where'd he go? Calgary? Calgary. Calgary? Oh, he's going to do great in Calgary. Um, Playing for Daryl Sutter? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's he's a Daryl Sutter-type player. Um, but I think losing Kadri is going to be a huge hit. I mean, the points production was phenomenal. And he, like you said, he got under player skins. But it, he's rep- – He's as replaceable. He's he's not Nathan McKinnon. He's irreplaceable. You could find another Nazim Kadri in my eyes. I think you could find another player who can have his skill set. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's and, not unheard of. Like, like I said, I, I think Alex Newhook is is the guy who's going to step up to replace him. Yeah, but you know, like I said, there's there's one Nazim Kadri. Yes. And, so we'll we'll see what happens there, um, but you know, going right back to what we were saying, uh, I guess I would say that they're the favorite to win the division, but not by a lot. I think I it's think- gonna you're gonna see Colorado. I think you're gonna see Colorado pump out 106 points, win the division with St. Louis with 102 points. Yeah, I mean, it could very well be that close. I think obviously it's I think it's going to be excuse me, Colorado, St. Louis, and Minnesota. <coughs> In those top three spots, the days of the central division taking both of the wild card spots are over. No, they might get one of them in Nashville. That's going to be a, that's going to be, but Nashville, who knows with them? You know, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, it's, they, they seem to do things with smoke and mirrors. So it's, it's literally Roman Yossi and UC Saros, and that's, You know, like Matt Duchesne will pot a few. They have that new kid on their team, uh, Tanner Janot, who I think yeah. is phenomenal. Yeah. But he's yeah, still, this is his second forward. year in the league. So, yeah, like, Philip Forsberg, they did resign him. So, the only problem with Forsberg is, is can he stay healthy? Can he stay healthy? So, I think, and this is the, the central division for me, it's going to be Colorado, St. Louis, Minnesota, and that's it in the playoffs. I think you're going to see the Pacific really show up this year. I think you're going to see the Pacific with, um, I think you're going to see a bounce back year from Vegas, um, Edmonton, Calgary, and the Kings. Don't forget Vancouver. Vancouver is actually quite a bit too. I don't, I really don't have much anticipation from them because they, 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 we see this every year from Vancouver. It's, oh, they've improved a lot. Oh, they've improved a lot. They've improved in this, but it's so fun in this position. And then they fail every year. (laughs) Uh, we're right. going to see you're that right. we're going to see the Pacific shoot right up. I think, I think in Pacific, you're going to see Edmonton win in the division, Calgary in the second, Vegas in the third, Los Angeles taking a wild card spot. And 
if you really want to be get wild, we could toss Vancouver in the other wild card spot. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, the wild cards are going to be up for grabs. There's no doubt about it. At least one of them. I'll tell you that battle of Alberta is going to be phenomenal this year because <sighs> Calgary is going to have such a chip on their shoulder from last year. Well, I mean the, the chip is gone. They traded him away. Yeah, but still, I mean, as I a mean, team, they got Nazim Kadri. You got Kadri. You got Jonathan Huberdo. You got Mackenzie Weger. Honestly, I think they're better this year than they were last year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? I I don't. I think they're they they they're one of the teams that stayed even. They changed some pieces. Goudreau gone, so they bring in Huberdo. Um, you got um, Kachuk gone, so they bring in Kadri. And then Uyghurs really just that intangible that really amplifies it a little bit more. I think they stayed a little even, but I think that they're they're going to be a solid team. Yeah, definitely. It's sure. a, it all it, to me. It all depends on can Jacob Markstrom stay healthy. Yeah, yeah, Markstrom. Yeah, Markstrom is the key there. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. No Markstrom, doubt. He, he's, he's that X factor for him. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, hey, listen, this has been a lot of fun. I'm so glad to be back. Oh, yeah, no, it's great. You know, this it's is, great uh, to have a voice again. I know. I know, right? And, uh, you know, I know this is a sports history network, but I think uh, we're going to have to do make an instant history show. We'll have to do uh, an NHL preview show very soon. Oh, yeah. No, if, uh, honestly, what the, the season starts in, what, 14 days? Well, actually, it starts technically next week because the league threw a curveball, everybody, with the overseas games. Oh, the, that's the Predators right. and the Sharks. That's right. So for everybody else, the, the season starts on October 11th. But, you know, then they – and it screws everything up fantasy hockey-wise too because uh, – don't even get me started on that. I See, but, that's why I just don't do fantasy hockey. <laughs> I can't. I, I get too competitive. <laughs> I'll stick with fantasy football. I'll lose my 10 bucks every week. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> all right well that's all the time we got for today ed again it has been so much fun and um we're, we're gonna do an nhl preview show but we'll have to call up with another best of us yeah yeah so all right so red Panic. i'm scott kindle thanks for listening and we will see you next week on parties illegal stick Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. With every race, every qualifying run, and every pit stop, Tim Coffeen would feel the pressure and excitement. With his own podcast on the Sports History Network called Tim Coffeen Talks IndyCar and Racing History, Tim will share those very same racing emotions and memories with his listeners. Learn, laugh, and enjoy the world of IndyCar racing through the eyes of Tim Coffeen. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to Sports. HistoryNetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's SportsHistoryNetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.